Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here for the Thursday edition. Hot by with Hutton and Withrow here across the Outkick Network. It's like we just started the show, Hutton. It's like we just started. Here we are. Flying by. Coming One up hour in left. 20 minutes, Ryan Leaf joins us. A lot to discuss across college football and the NFL. Joins us weekly on Thursdays. Um, we've got uh, plenty on Colorado and Dion later this hour, plus Chad's Atlanta Braves accomplishing yet another feat. And uh, coming up in literally a minute, one big thing on every NFL game. But I, I want to kick it off with this question that I posed to the studio. Um, on the NFL kickoff rosters, there are roughly there are 1,696 players across the league. So let's just say 1,700. Of the 1,700 players that were on week one rosters, active rosters, Chad, how many do you think of the players are under 200 pounds? This is a great question. So you said roughly 1,700 plus, right? Yes, yep. Um, 10% of that would be around 170. I'm going to go less than 10%. Hutton, I'm going to say 150. Matt said, uh, Matty I said, I believe 600 players. 600. Colin said 70 Matt, something. Matt's roughly. going with over a, third, over a third of the league being players less than 200 pounds. Weighing under 200 pounds. It, the number is exact and it's impressive. On NFL kickoff rosters, there were 300 players weighing under 200 wow. pounds. There are 262 players that are under six feet tall. And there are 337 players that weigh over 300 pounds in the NFL. I thought the number would be higher for guys under six feet tall. So the number is higher of guys under 200 than and, guys under six foot. Yes. That surprises me. Yeah, I mean, uh, well. It's a great stat, though. Yeah, also, seven games right were decided by one guys. score or less uh, of those uh, matchups in week one. Ten games within one score uh, in the fourth quarter. Chad, week two, it's got to be better, right, than some of the matchups and losses that we saw from what we believe to be Super Bowl contenders. It's time for one big thing on every NFL game. Tonight, we kick off week two in Philly. Vikings on the road against the Eagles. 11 of the Vikings' 13 wins a year ago were one-score victories. And then they lost 31-24 to in the postseason. And then they just lost 20-17. to So they're trending in the opposite direction recently. Justin Jefferson, seven catches, 138 yards in the first half, and then two targets after halftime. And... They're facing a Philly offense tonight that wasn't great against New England in week one. They were 4-13 on third down. Goddard targeted one time. Two touches for Swift and Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. 18 yards combined after the catch. 
on 14 catches. They were sluggish. They were slow. And so was Minnesota. 1-0 at home return for uh, Philly. Meanwhile, here's Minnesota trying to avoid the 0-2 start. What a big moment for Minnesota after losing to yeah. Tampa Bay at home. Uh, I expect a better performance out of them. But the problem is I, I would feel – I'd almost feel better about the Vikings' chances, Hutton, if the Eagles looked like the Eagles in week one. And they didn't. I, didn't, I thought they didn't look good either. So I think both teams have a bounce back. Yeah. So I'm going to give this one to the Eagles for that very reason. Nearly giving the game away in New England by going for it on that fourth down around midfield, not getting it. And then the Patriots had a chance to go down and score. Ravens, they're hitting the road after their week one win against Houston in Baltimore. They now travel to Cincinnati to face Joe Burrow and the 0-1 Bengals. Um, rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers. What a debut. Nine catches in week one for Baltimore. Uh, this for a team that last year went 12 straight games without a wide receiver catching a touchdown pass. Todd Munkin, welcome as offensive coordinator. J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, done for the year with Achilles injury. We'll see a rotating backfield there, and it's uh, likely Melvin Gordon, who's on their practice squad, who's playing on Sunday. Fantasy football owners may need that if you have Dobbins like I did. Um, mentioned Flowers. He's the guy to stop based on the targets. Wasn't a great uh, debut um, for the, the other new additions for Baltimore. They win anyway. Not a great debut for Cincinnati in 2023. But all is not lost. Joe Burrow has a kryptonite. And it is Cleveland. He has one win in his career against the Cleveland Browns. One in five is the record. 82 yards passing last week for Joe Cool. First time he's ever thrown under 100 yards in a game. And it's early, but what would an 0-2 start look like for Cincy? Their schedule later, let's say week eight to the end of the year, they go on a stretch on the road where they play at San Francisco. Not all of these are back-to-back. -back. They'll be on the road in Baltimore, on the road in Jacksonville, on the road in Kansas City. They need to avoid an 0-2 start, and they're facing Baltimore on the road or at home, hosting them. When, See, when did they go uh, back to grass in Baltimore? Was this recent? Uh, every time I've been there, it was grass. Whenever I was traveling. With I feel like the they had turf and then reverted back to grass. Maybe I'm wrong. I've looked that up. That'd be an interesting case study to find, Dobbins, yeah. find the team that was turf that went grass. It's rare that you see that. Usually right. they've just always been grass. Seahawks hit the road after losing at home to the Rams. They're now headed to Detroit. Dan Campbell mentioned this week that Jameer Gibbs is going to see an increased workload in week two. The Seahawks have a history of allowing running backs on those dump-off passes to get after that defensive scheme. Gibbs can be a primetime player in week two and have the coming out party. Welcome to the NFL. Seattle shut out entirely in the second half against the Los Angeles Rams. The Seahawks lost both of their starting offensive tackles in that game. Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas injured. And the Rams defense got after Geno Smith. Detroit with a 2-0 start opportunity and they begin their home slate Sunday. The Ravens switched in 2016 from turf to natural grass. Why? 
because Ravens ownership said the players thought it was safer. And that's why they did it. There you go. There's your there's your case of it, that uh, what all Bishotti. the players want. Bashadi Said players prefer to play and practice on real grass, so that's what we're giving them. That was the reasoning. Colts and Texans in Houston. The Colts, you think they missed Jonathan Taylor? They had 65 yards rushing last week against Jacksonville. 40 of the 65 yards were from Anthony Richardson. They didn't have a, a run longer than 12 yards. And to further emphasize this, Richardson, in his first career start, dropped back 45 times, 37 passes, and rushed 10 times. That's really all you need to know. They're going to throw the football, and it's boomer bust against the secondaries they're going to be facing. Bears are on the road now in Tampa. Buccaneers, a surprising road win in week one. Chicago, surprising loss to Green Bay, even though the Packers own the franchise. Baker Mayfield, a chance to start 2-0 in the reclamation season for him. Rising from the ashes as Aaron Rodgers will do next year, he says. <laughs> right. Um, the Buccaneers defense, though, is why they won at Minnesota. 2017, uh, the final score. And Justin Fields, uh, I keep waiting for the college version to show up. It's time. This is a big spot against a beatable opponent on the road to show that you're climbing the ladder instead of staying neutral or maybe even regressing past what has happened so far in the young career. Such a disappointing debut at home against Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, who owned Agreed. the Bears. And now Jordan Love started his ownership of the Bears. Feels like uh, th there's no must win in week two. This feels pretty close to it for Chicago going down to Tampa. They, they need this one badly. Jags win in week one. They now host the 0-1 Kansas City Chiefs. Two quick things here. Chris Jones returns on the Kansas City defensive front. He was missed. Kansas City, their defense, only sacked Jared Goff once and only had four hits on him last Thursday night. And passes over 10 yards in the air. Trevor Lawrence in week one, 8 of 11 for 147 yards and two touchdowns. That sounds easy to accomplish. It's not when you see the numbers of the other QBs. Falcons are hosting the Green Bay Packers, 1-0 against 1-0. Atlanta, their first week one victory since 2017. And it's that's also the last time that the Falcons finished above 500 for the season. 1-0 for the first time since 2017. And Jordan Love, 15 of 27 uh, on passes uh, for 245 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. You can't get much of a better start from Jordan Love, who now hits the road. Game that didn't seem like it was going to be big. When you're looking at it in the preseason in week two, feels a little bit bigger now yes. with these two teams going head-to-head. -head. Yep, and most importantly, he won in that performance. Chance he can do it again. Bills are hosting the Raiders. Josh Allen, we know the turnovers from Monday night. 84 turnovers, leads the league since 2018. 5.8 yards per attempt. Allen... That was his stat line, 5.8. That's the second lowest average since the start of the 22, uh, 2022 campaign. And guess who they played? That Jets defense. That's the second lowest because the lowest in his, of, of Allen's tenure is against last year's Jets defense. Maybe that's the kryptonite. Chargers at Titans. Chargers, if you think about the 0-2 the start and what that would mean, uh, detrimental is how I describe it. Except the Chiefs can also start that way. 
So not all is lost potentially based on the results of these games. Austin Eckler dealing with an ankle issue. That means that Joshua Kelly may get the majority of the work in the backfield Sunday here in Nashville. The Titans run defense, by the way, elite. Tennessee and San Francisco tied for the lowest rushing yards allowed in week one. And only three teams rushed the football 40 times or more in week one. The Chargers were one of the three. That surprised me. Yeah. They tried you don't to, think about that. Well, it's because they ran so many plays, too. Both offenses well, yeah. were moving the ball. But you don't think about that with Justin Herbert at quarterback. 76 total offensive plays. Second most in week one to Miami. They're just trying to keep the football away from Tua. Late afternoon, 49ers and Rams. Niners' number one option, Ayuk. Caught all passes headed his way. Eight passes, 129. Two scores. One of the great throws by, by Brock Purdy. Uh, apparently, Matt Stafford has a better connection with the young players on the roster than what his wife made it seem because he connected on some great throws with some great play from the rookie receiver Nakua in week one. Giants and Cardinals. The Giants have now lost five straight and 12 of the last 13 games to the Dallas Cowboys. They've lost four straight to the Philadelphia Eagles and they were blown out in the NFC Divisional Playoff uh, last year, 38-7. to Jets and Cowboys, the line moved from two and a half on Monday morning to seven and a half whenever Rodgers was done with the Achilles injury. Commanders and Broncos, Jack Del Rio's defense off to a great start uh, defensively. And can the new Denver offensive line that's been, uh, it's, it's a makeover. Can they hold up against a, uh, a pass rush that got after the quarterback a week ago? Great defensive uh, game plan against Arizona. 0-2 for Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. And Sean Payton, yeah. his return, um, not like the Phoenix rising from the ashes that we'll see with Aaron Rodgers. So far for Sean Payton if he starts 0-2. Sunday night football, we head to Foxborough. New England hosts Miami. The Dolphins attempted 45 passes to just 13 rushes in week one against the Chargers. Uh, Christian Gonzalez had a nice debut for New, for New England at corner. Uh, yeah. Good luck. He's going to get some work this week. He's going he's gonna to get a lot of reps in this game. Jonathan Jones has typically been locked up on Tyreek Hill in these divisional matchups. That means Gonzalez will be on Waddle if that holds true in, in this game. Doubleheader on Monday night, and they're going head-to-head -head, uh, with an hour difference on kickoff time. On ESPN at 6.30 is Saints and Panthers in Carolina. Regular season series is crazy. Regular season series between, between these two franchises, 28 and 28, but it gets weird. The clubs are deadlocked 14 and 14 in both home and road contests. And of the 56 regular season games in the series, 28 have been decided by eight points or less with each team winning 14. A lot of even matchups here. So rookie quarterback against Desmond Ritter, uh, or excuse me, against uh, Derek Carr, who their offense only put up 16 points uh, a week ago. And uh, the other Monday night football game, Steelers hosting the Browns. 30-7 to loss is the worst margin of defeat at home in the Mike Tomlin era. Think about that. You had the stat earlier this week about Saban losing by double digits for the first time at Brian first time, First time ever so, at home. Yeah, and that's the worst margin of defeat for Pittsburgh as they took on San Francisco last week. Christian McCaffrey ran all over the Steelers' defense. And it doesn't get easier in week two because now they face uh, Nick Chubb. And then they, in week three, will face 
Josh Jacobs. Steelers need to bow up. Back-to-back games at home. And meanwhile, Deshaun Watson, not great, but did enough against Cincinnati. Strong defensive effort, let's put it that way, against Joe Burrow. Why do we have a doubleheader in week two on Monday Night Football? Uh, because they now, they've added the Thursday night kickoff, and they used to do the doubleheader. On the opening week. On opening weekend. They had like the West they, Coast game, yeah. the early game, late game was opening weekend, Monday Night Football. I don't know. I, I just, I saw that, and I'm thinking, why a head-to-head doubleheader time-wise well, They They flirted with this two. last year, too. They tried this once, and I believe they could do it three or four times this season. Well. The reviews are in by me, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. At least we get to choose between a game that could be a blowout and a game that's not. Yeah. But who knows? Chad, I'd rather be choosing between those games on Sunday or on Monday. That's one big thing on every NFL game. Coming up, Ryan Leaf will get his take on some big Week 2 matchups and storylines, and we'll look ahead to Saturday's kickoffs across college football. That's next on Hot Mike. If you followed me throughout the years, you know I'm a South Dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family. And I know that America First isn't just a political movement. It's a kitchen table issue, literally. You know, I always support American family-owned companies, ranchers, and farmers who put high-quality meat products on the tables of their fellow Americans. And my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give Dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of Dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks Burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code OUTKICK at checkout. Get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code OUTKICK to get $10 off your order. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Thursday edition. Hot Mike with Honey Withrow. Always great uh, to be joined by our next guest each and every Thursday. He is the host of the Straight Line podcast, uh, which is presented by PointsBet. And you can get some great PointsBet uh, opportunities over at outkick.com slash bet. Perfect moment to join up. Initial bet of $50 or more on any game and receive an official jersey from fanatics.com. Or if jerseys aren't your thing, there's another opt-in for $150 uh, in credit to Fanatics to get the gear that you really want. Got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. If you have a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, he's a father, a motivational speaker. He's on Good Morning Football and Sirius XM. Does and it all. Again, the, the straight line pod. Ryan Leaf joins us. Uh, extremely happy with the... Washington State victory as well. Uh, you had a great game, a defensive battle at that with Oklahoma SMU. Ryan, welcome. Hope you're well. I'm well. I just became a, a Connecticut resident. Went and got my uh, driver's license today. It's a whole process, you know. You're official. Do you feel any different now that you're an official Connecticut resident? Do you start speaking with a – what is the Connecticut accent? I wouldn't even know you're, what it uh, is. Are you going to start to take You're all in that? now. You're, you're East Coast. Yeah, I feel like I'm an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, let's let's jump into the story of the week with Aaron Rodgers and the Achilles tear done for yeah. the year. All expectations are he's coming back, but 
between now and then is Zach Wilson. And the opportunity he has, and also uh, expectations are much lower uh, now that Rodgers isn't commanding that offense. Your overview of what we saw Monday and expectations now for Wilson, where he really needs to improve based on last year. Yeah, I was in the city uh, on Monday, and it was live. People mm. were talking about it. People were excited about what Monday Night Football was about to bring. And it was just the biggest spectacle. Aaron Rodgers and that stadium was crazy. And to go out and watch it, you know, happen uh, in four plays, it's it's just so tough. Like, it, it almost seemed inevitable for the idea of Jets fans, you know, getting that joy yeah. uh, yep. in the team. And it really looked like this team had found their leader and something had just kind of had come together with everybody and made it something special. So uh, that was really tough to see. The fact that Robert Sala, who was interviewed at the end of the first quarter and looked like he was in such shock that he could hardly get the words out, that that team found a way to win, I think that speaks volumes to what the character of this football team is. And for Zach Wilson to go out and throw a pick almost immediately and you know, kind of feel the rumblings of the fan base already and to go out and have the second half that he did to have a better passer rating than the, the, the likes of Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen over the weekend, I think that, that speaks volumes too. The immediacy of people trying to say, hey, you got to go get a veteran quarterback, um, I thought was premature. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. Right. The only way they could win the Super Bowl was with Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to do that. It would be wasteful to go get somebody else when you have a guy that you ultimately have to find out if he is going to be your future. Um, and so you you give him the reins. And the team's good enough to to maybe get to the playoffs. They were 7-10 and 10 a year ago with Zach Wilson, who didn't have the confidence he has right now going into it. So, I, I you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate. Um, I think a lot of people have talked about Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. We don't know what that looks like. I love that everybody's optimistic. But we have no idea what how anything's going to unfold, how the surgery goes, how the rehab goes, whether he wants to put that type of work in to come back and play at 40 years old. All of the things that play into it this this year, all of the offseason, the expectations just, you know, kind of came crumbling down on Monday night. And I'm a little afraid that all that emotion, the win and all of that finally takes hold on a short week and they go up against that Dallas Cowboys defense on Sunday afternoon and. You know, I, it'd be ugly for any, I think, player going against that defense. Just, you know, this particular one uh, and the Jets could be could be tough to handle this weekend. Yeah. Ryan, on the other side of this game, you've got the Bills where Josh Allen, clearly a very talented guy, but's having some turnover issues. And you've got this growing divide between him and Stefan Diggs, maybe a growing divide between the two. And Stefan Diggs pointing to his head and saying, get your head in the game. To, to Josh Allen, I can't think of a lot of instances where I see the great quarterbacks in the league being spoken to on the sideline where they're having to be encouraged or someone's encouraging them. Usually it's the other way around. It's a quarterback getting up, getting his offensive line and saying, we're going to go down and score now. Do you make anything of that? Is this just one bad week or are these turnovers really becoming an issue for Josh Allen and this Bills team? Well, anytime you turn the ball over, it's, it's an, an issue. I would argue, I don't think him and I don't think Steph, Stefan Diggs has a problem with any of it because guess what? All those bombs were going to him. Like he's getting the ball thrown to him. 
Like if he if he's not targeting Stephon Diggs, he probably doesn't throw those interceptions on two of them. So I, I don't think there's a, a divide between that. In fact, I think Diggs is coming back going, yeah, just, you know, maybe maybe Josh has to kind of step away from the Stefan Diggs aspect of things a little bit and go, hey, I need to I need to be more open about spreading it around the field than just looking for my star receiver. So uh, I'm not quick to rush into judgment after one week, though I would argue that the two teams that I think you would have penciled in to the playoffs uh, before the season started, the the Bengals and the Bills, I think there's real concerns there at quarterback positions who are making over $200 million. That's that's significant. And I don't think it's because of Joe Burrow's talent or his decision-making. I think it's because of his calf. And I think that's going to be a problem for for some time until he gets fully healthy. And I don't know how you get fully healthy during the season, but you know, we'll see the what the Bills can do. I think the Raiders, I think the Raiders come to town this yeah, week. They so do. that could be a bit of a, you know, get right game. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to probably make the big mistake. And if, if Josh Allen does, they could lose. If Josh Allen doesn't make those mistakes on Monday night, the Jets don't win that football game. Right. There's no way they should win that football game when Aaron Rodgers goes out up 13 to three at halftime. Even Peyton Manning at halftime talking to Scott Van, v- Van Pelt was like, not going to be a good second half for the Jets. And <laughs> yeah. boy, were yeah. were they wrong? You know, everybody was wrong with that. The Jets showed a lot of heart and grit. And then a young rookie steals the show that night and makes the Bills go home with their heads in their hands. Half the league's 0-1. And you mentioned two of the teams right there in Cincinnati and Buffalo. Is there an 0-2 team, Ryan, that, or an 0-1 team that if they fall to 0-2, it's, ex- it's the most detrimental to how things set up in, in your eyes? I think there's probably two teams uh, out there. One is the New York Giants because mm-hmm. of what they have in week three. They have a short week in the San Francisco 49ers in week three. So you're pretty much saying you're 0-3. And they're facing the Cardinals. Instance. They should win this game. You're right. They should. Right. It's on the road. Last year, after a loss, they were 6-0 and against the spread. That's a good sign for this team. The other team, I also think, is the Denver Broncos. The Broncos, of course, uh, should have won that game against the Raiders. Uh, Russell Wilson had a, a phenomenal game statistically. They just could not get in the end zone. They do not have the skill position players on the perimeter, you know, to just to beat people. And so I would say those two teams are, are very similar in their quest to be one and one um, heading into week three. And maybe the Seattle Seahawks, um, just because of, you know, where they were supposed to be after the first couple of weeks, you know, this Detroit Lions game is, is important to them. And they're not able to show up. They'll be 0 2 as well. It doesn't mean you're out of the playoffs altogether, but it's certainly a slippery slope to head down. And the Giants, for me, cannot afford to be 0 2 because of what Week Three presents. Like you know, the 49ers is it's on a short week. That's not going to be good for the for the Giants if they're 0 3 in Brian Dable's second year. Brian Leaf, our guest, he's the host of the Straight Line podcast, which is presented by PointsBet. Um, so Week One, there are some truths but we don't really find out for a bit. There are also plenty of lies and overhype or over, overreaction. What's the, what's the truth from week one that you think sticks? And what's the lie that we saw that isn't going to actually play out? The, the, the truth is that Matt Canada, as offensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was the absolute wrong choice to, to keep on. I don't know why more people didn't make more of a stink about it than him going out. I mean, Kellen Moore was available. There was other ways to go about, uh, you know, looking at different opportunities uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers instead. I know it was against the 49ers, but 
I think this is just going to be a, about as uh, about the same type of thing all year long, and that's unfortunate. As a Steelers fan, am I? Uh, that's incredibly uh, unfortunate. The lie for me is there in Nashville. The lie for me is that Ryan Tannehill is, you know, a turnover machine. Is not going to be able to help this team out. I I do think that he's going to be able to make a, a big difference for this team. They were in it. Their defense is good. Yeah. I think the Saints are really good in the fact that they hung in there like that on three interceptions. I think the lie out there is that the, the Titans aren't going to be very good. You know, uh, wouldn't surprise me if they did something outrageous this weekend and upset the Chargers. Uh, there's only two games that feature two teams at both 0-1. That's one of them. The other is Houston and Indy. It's surprising that we have half the league, but only two games where we're guaranteed – to see a team that goes to 0-2. Jeff? Let's talk a little college football, Ryan. I, I was super impressed with Quinn Ewers and his performance on the road at, at Alabama. Uh, what a huge win for Steve Sarkeesian in that program. First time that Nick Saban, as head coach at Alabama, has lost by double digits at home, which is also a remarkable streak. W what did you make of Ewers' performance in that Texas offense? You know, they talk about uh, Texas and, and all their resources and everything like that. So it always astonished me how they haven't been able to win over the last decade. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, he's taking his time, right? He, you know, five wins year one, seven wins in year two. It's not good enough, but he's built a roster. He just flat out has. And one of those big roster uh, additions was Quinn Ewers transfer, getting that transfer from, from Ohio state a couple of years ago. Uh, he's improved greatly. He, uh, he let it rip in a game that you needed him to. And to win on the road in Tuscaloosa, that is meaningful. They have guys on the roster that are physical enough to battle those teams in the SEC. They proved it, and that means that they can battle someone like Georgia down the line. So uh, my biggest worry for this Texas team, and it always usually is uh, when, when you're talking about a Steve Sarkeesian coach team, is playing down to your competition. It's just been a huge problem for him at USC, at Washington, at Texas. They win those big games. Uh, and in fact, they win them in, in spectacular fashion sometimes. And then they play, I don't know, the likes of Kansas like two years ago at home and get beat by Kansas. So those are the types of mistakes we cannot see from them the rest of the way through. That's the case. If they're just so talented and they can get them up every single week, there's no reason why this Texas Longhorns team can't vie for a national championship. Um, in fact, you'd, get, you'd have to put them near the front of it uh, because of what that uh, um, result was in Tuscaloosa last weekend. Chad and I had a discussion earlier this week that we were so focused on the Pac-12 dissolving and going away that we completely overlooked the great play that was in store uh, this year, this season. How about the quarterback play out West, Ryan? Uh, and, and just the, the number of teams that have that weapon that is consistent well, week in and week Ryan's out. Ryan's alma mater no looking great. Exactly. Washington, I mean, the two teams left behind look like legitimate contenders to win the conference yeah. in Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah. You know, I knew this was going to be a good year. I knew it was going to probably be the best year of quarterback play. They're all transfers, every single one of them. There's not one homegrown. Cam Ward from down in the Houston area at Incarnate Word. You have DJU from Clemson. You have Michael Penix from Indiana. Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. Uh, you have uh, Shador Cam Sanders, Shador Sanders from Jackson State. Yeah. Cam Rising came from Texas. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's everywhere. Uh, Arizona State, uh, all all of these places 
that are transfer quarterbacks who have had a ton of success. And it's the it, it may end up being the best conference in all of football this year, and it's not going to exist anymore. That shows you how absolutely moronic the people at the top had to have been to fumble this up. I mean, it just the egos and the way it went down is absolutely putrid because this is a very good conference. And we're going to start seeing seeing and have a lot of fun when these teams start playing one another. Washington State and Oregon State playing week four. Um, Colorado, after the the Colorado State game this weekend, they get Oregon and then USC in back-to-back weeks. We're going to really find out how physical they are. If they can compete with those teams, you know, watch out. I mean, there's something brewing there. You you just got to see it against quality football teams. Um, TCU and and Nebraska, you thought were, maybe not so much. So we're going to find out a lot more in the next three weeks with what Colorado's doing. But yeah, the Pac-12 is is loaded. Washington State at home, they were dogs, if you can believe that. At home against Wisconsin, a team they beat last year in Madison. Mm, I didn't get it at all. That did surprise me. That was easy money, folks. Anybody out there just running around going... How is that possible? You get you get six and a half free points for Washington State. And they win by 10. You know, go figure. Hey, you're, you're Cougs. Uh, we've got 20 seconds left here, but you have Texas Tech and Tarleton State. Uh, Tarleton State is like a national championship school for rodeo. Um, we need to report on the rodeo team at some point we'll, next we'll week. We'll get it next week. That's our You'll first question. I, when, I coached, when I coached at West Texas A&M, we battled these guys. We battled the, the Tarleton State team for, for the Lone Star Conference Championship. We, we beat them a few times in Stevensville, too. So it's it's a good I, – I, I, I know what's going on with it. Ryan Leaf has been our guest, joins us each Thursday. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you. Back at it with some headlines next. Hey, I'm a dad, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha steaks constantly to guests on my show. Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha steaks from me. Order mouthwatering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code Dan to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouthwatering gift packages from Omaha steaks starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code Dan to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. Fast show today. Fun one at that. Thursday edition. Hot Mike without a withrow across the Outkick Network. Thursday edition, we go into uh, week two of Thursday Night Football. Minnesota trying to avoid an 0-2 start on the road in Philadelphia as the Eagles are trying to jumpstart their offense coming off of what was a very lackluster performance in a win against New England. Uh, And some great props uh, available with points bet and uh, outkick.com slash bet. uh, And great opportunities for you to jump in and take your shot with points bet. Here's the big reason why. Exclusively, first-time points bet users, you can grab this offer, place an initial bet of $50 or more on any game, for instance, tonight's matchup on Thursday night with Minnesota and Philadelphia, and looking at the updated line right now, it's uh, the Phillies laying six and a half 
at home on Thursday night, short week. Uh, you can do that bet, and by $50 or more, you're receiving an official jersey from Fanatics.com. And if jerseys aren't your thing, opt for 150 in credit to Fanatics and load up on the gear that you truly want. Remember, terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're ready to get in the game, head over to outkick.com bet. You can snag this offer. Check out other great deals uh, with our other partners and sports books. And you can do that right now, outkick.com bet, to take advantage of the points bet offer for new users. Hutton, I love this plastic laminate that you have for that spot. It, it, uh, I noticed that I've the other day, the and I've, I've not seen you do that before. I but grabbed it's great. this. This is one of the plastic covers that they use to reserve tables here, and it was broken, and they were about to throw it away, and I grabbed it because I didn't want Matty Ice to think this was trash and throw it away, and I don't have to take it home every day. Hutton is as resourceful as an Eagle Scout. The man just take like a like a trained operative. That knows how to fight people. They can take anything in their no. surrounding and Chad, use it as I a weapon. I cannot tie a tie. Okay. Hutton can find. <laughs> I'm no Eagle Scout. Hutton can find damaged placards <laughs> in a restaurant and like MacGyver turn it into something that he puts his his live spots in. That was great. Great resourcefulness by Thank you. Thank you, Chad. I'm glad you noticed. You are the Merriweather Lewis of, <laughs> of sports personality. I'm the secretary. Yes. To Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, I am Thomas Jefferson, and you are Merriweather Lewis. <laughs> Um, so I'm not actually. That might get me canceled if I say uh, that. No. So <laughs> strike that from the record. I'm not Thomas Jefferson. Anti cancel culture yeah. uh, here, uh, regardless. I think Thomas Jefferson would have been anti cancel culture too, um, based on his policies. You know who's not getting canceled? Another Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. No, he's not. We were talking to Jake, one of the bartenders here, and there's a prop where he, if he goes over 60 yards receiving, he was asking us, and we're like, he should get that in the first quarter and a half of this game. If they're doing, I mean, based on, I wonder on if it's like a promotion where it's like a, football. If it's like a boost, maybe you know it goes down to that. I don't know what it makes it using. basically easy, uh, easy money for so you. So I'm looking at the line it, for him. The prop is over 93 and a half receiving yards. So that's got to be a first half total that he's referencing. 93 and a half is what it is uh, right now on the app, and he averaged 106 yards per game last season. I would take the over. Uh, I would if it's if, if you get 60, especially. They definitely take the over. He on had 150 one. last week. Uh, that if was in the, the first. Vikings want to have a chance of winning this one. It's going to need to be an over on that one. Um, the betting market is leaning heavy to Philly, and I think the smart money's probably Minnesota because it plays into the short week and where you have both defenses uh, that perform well in Week One. Roughly six and a half now. It was seven or seven and a half. I. I I wouldn't give the points in this just because of the short week and what Minnesota is capable of. But then yeah, but then Philly's at home, they didn't have to travel and they have Smith and Brown. Well, here's the deal. The weekend is here. Yes it is. Thursday now, it's football season. Thursday's when the weekend starts. So the weekend is here with this game. And Minnesota's offensive line struggled against Tampa last week. The Bucks blitzed on 44% of all dropbacks. I think Philly will bring the heat, too. Um, so Colorado is where you mentioned the weekend is here. The matchups are back. The matchup for the first three weeks has been either in Boulder or in Fort Worth because Boulder was traveling. And now Boulder is lined up around the street. You see the, the waiting that for these uh, it's tickets? It's crazy. Well, they, so you had the students that are waiting. They assigned all these 
tickets uh, yesterday, and the secondary market for Deion Sanders and his Buffalo's program, it has now surpassed Ohio State as the highest secondary market average uh, at $517 to get in. It goes as low as like two ninety, I believe, and as high as seven or eight hundred dollars, uh, close to nine hundred maybe. But five seventeen is the average, and that surpasses Ohio State, who since twenty twenty one has led all programs in that stat in the secondary market average. Well, so I, I I've been to Boulder and I've walked right up to this. This is during the summer. Uh, walked right up to Folsom Field just to see it and was on the campus. Yeah. Want to take a look at it. This is probably like late Mike McIntyre era. Maybe the year that Mel okay. Tucker was there. Maybe the start of Carl Durrell, somewhere around that, that time frame. And, uh, I mean, you could walk right into the stadium at that point. There's no gates. There's no, no – it's just crazy for me to think Camp about out. walking around that stadium and, and thinking how bad Colorado was at the time and how little interest there was and anything going on around there. But you see the beauty of that campus and that area – and, I mean, it is untapped potential. I mean, tap the Rockies over there. It is, it is untapped potential with that campus and that the whole setup is beautiful. And now that they've got some buzz, got some oh. juice to that program, the we're starting guy. to see some of that now. The story. There were no lines to do anything in Boulder when I was there that, that summer, that's for sure. Even the, and now look at the lines for tickets. Even the lines were jammed for the ticket office uh, since their win in Fort Worth. Three days after that, they sold $430,000 worth of tickets as they returned home last week. And since then, Chad, uh, we've seen the campouts where they're trying to get tickets. And they're also reportedly, the city of Boulder made $18 million based on the weekend. Here is uh, Deion Sanders responding and giving his thoughts on the students and the city and the monetary effect that primetime brings to Boulder. Man, and them kids crazy, man. But that's what you had to do. Let you come you in. You seen that line? They lined up this morning for the students that to get tickets. Yeah, it was It was there at 6 a.m. Yeah. Like, and they got like, there like two. This like on everybody's list, of the seasons. Everybody's trying to come out. They never been. Some people never been. No, they come to Colorado to get, yeah. to get in this game. They say the city made uh, $18 million last weekend. Ooh. See, but in, in, in the, in the, the hotel's it, already booked right now. You know that, right? The reality yeah. of it is because that's what's really important. Yeah. They made 18 million. That's what's really important. Out of all of the, 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 the city love when you win because everybody around here win. Everybody, everybody the whole town. That's a lot of coin. I love that. That's what's really important. I, I, I the asked money. the question earlier this week to the, the Colorado report. Is there a time where Dion doesn't have a camera rolling around him? That camera. Yeah, I, that, I think he's very comfortable with that camera just at all office. times. Yeah. Very comfortable. I was reading an article at The Athletic today that was, uh, they were getting the, the anonymous quotes from coaches around college yeah. football on Colorado. And they were mostly, you know, complimentary. Hey, we all thought they were going to be bad, but they clearly have a quarterback. And they got an offense that can do yeah. some things. But I was interested to see that a couple of different coaches um, said, you know, Dion is just a figurehead. But what they have on that staff, and I just found that interesting that they would say that anonymously, he's just a figurehead. Dion's more of a figurehead, they would say. And that staff is really good that he's assembled got around him. NFL coaches there and, and much more. Um, 
you know, I, I was thinking about this too. Penny Hardaway, when he took over at Memphis from high school to college, there were NCAA infractions. Yeah. And it, having to gauge what you can and can't do if you don't know that rule book. So you know the staff behind the scenes has to be trying to make sure that they keep every I dotted and T crossed, even though, I mean, it's a long year and we'll see the full effect of primetime on the next recruiting I'm class. I'm watching him in the interview on Fox on Saturday and, and he's not, you know, he's not mentioning... I'm, it's just, I'm laughing thinking about him having to know the NCAA rule book to know he can't mention a recruit's name right? or do things exactly. like that in an interview with a camera rolling at all times. And clearly he knows about it. we got a Vikings fan pointing to his hat over here. I, I wish you well, sir. Hopefully the Vikes win tonight, unlike they did for me last week when I picked <laughs> him. In a, uh, bring that man back over here, in fact, so I can have a word with him about the Vikings failing miserably against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and costing me my survival pool. But watching Dion have to navigate the NCAA water. It just, that's kind of comical to me that, but that was a big discussion point when he went to Jackson state. Yeah. He's going to have to play by the rules and do well, this and do that. But he, but remember see, when this all started, by the way, when, when Florida state hired Mike Norvell. Yes. I remember reports about Deion Sanders wants that job. And there are people, there's a groundswell with a certain, there are certain people at Florida State that are influential that want it to happen. And I remember the time just being blown away, thinking, what? This is real? This, this might actually happen? And now think, like the alternate universe, Florida State's doing well now with Mike Norvell. They're, they're fine. But think of the alternate reality of if his first job was Florida State, his alma mater. And they'd have more than 16 players in the NFL right now. I mean, crazy to so think Alabama's about. 57. For yeah. instance, by the way, Colorado has seven players in the league. That's going to change too. That number is going to go. The up. other, the other Dion aspect of it that's different than you know another former great that's now coaching that doesn't. It it's the fact that he doesn't really go on recruiting visits. Travis Hunter, Florida State, they sent the entire staff to his final game in high school. Dion never stepped foot on his high school campus. <laughs> And he went to Jackson State. He gets everyone there. That, that's the, this weekend's going to be so huge because right. he gets to get everyone, yeah. just bring them to him, and he can talk to them there. Chad, are the Braves about to go back to back? It's now six straight. Six straight. Six straight. Well, they didn't win last year. They won the year no, before. No, so two out of three. They're back to back as far as the dominance of the run. The six straight NL East. Yeah, six straight divisions. And. They, I mean, they are putting up numbers. Oh, it's it's incredible. So they've got a I, we've overlooked if, the Pac-12 quarterback play. Nationally, we have overlooked the historical significance of this roster. They got a chance now. They still have some stuff to play for too, because they're not out of the clear of the Dodgers to get home field throughout the playoffs or in the National League. They also they have a chance to break the all-time franchise record for wins this it's year. Incredible. Um, it, it's it's an it, it has been a fun team to watch all summer. That offense is ridiculous. I'm watching last night, and John Smoltz says Spencer Strider is way ahead of any Braves pitcher in history at his age and what he's doing. And I'm thinking, oh, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, yourself. And John Smoltz said, hey, I say that, not knocking anyone else. I said, I sucked my first two years in the league. So I, had, I had to learn how to do this job. I had to learn how to pitch. This guy is far ahead of any young – where he is at this point in his career compared to any great Braves pitcher – 
is far better. That That's something crazy to hear because we always talk about the lineup of the Braves. Um, and then you got Ronald Acuna Jr. on Tuesday night hitting a home run and making the Phillies mad and their manager mad, which is always that's always cool. nice. And, you know, with the rival, like and the Phillies are great. I think they're going to end up playing in the playoffs. Uh, right now it would be the Braves facing the winner of a Phillies-Cubs series in the divisional round. A Phillies beat the Braves a year ago. That's a stacked lineup also, and they got a, the best bullpen in baseball. So that's going to be a tough test. Um, but it, it is nice when you can clinch the division on your rival's home field. They did that in Philly last night, winning three out of four in that series. That's a nice little cherry on top. I'm sorry, but if I'm hitting a 425-foot homer, you better believe I'm yeah, going to fly was, around he the was, bases. He was flying. He was flying, and then he did the ice water check. And, I, and I'm, I'm watching. I'm going to watch it down too. Yeah, I'm going to watch it land. And yeah, then he's try. the uh, Thompson, the manager for the Phillies, used the old line of "I tell my guys to act like they've been there before." Was his was his quote? That's uh, that's Cunha what we prefer. Is there all the time? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> hey, he's been I mean, there before, and he's done the same thing. He'll celebrate like that most of the time. Uh, the Vikings have lost close games before. They've been there before. They were winning close games last year. Last they won year. All, almost all the close games. Yeah, eleven of them, I believe. And then you won score games, and now they're on the road in Philly, who didn't have many one score games. They won a lot. I'm taking the points. I'm taking the Vikings to cover. I have no faith in the Vikings after last week. We're back at it tomorrow to preview the college football weekend. Hope you'll join us. <laughs>